0: Hello and welcome to the Ann and Ellis podcast, a podcast specifically designed for you, the wedding and event industry entrepreneur. Look, no one ever claimed the wedding and event industry is easy. In fact, we believe that this industry is one of the most difficult industries in the world. But it does not have to be a journey you embark on alone. That is where we come in. We are your advocates, friends, strategic partners that will challenge you to become the best version of yourself both personally and professionally. We are unapologetically passionate and thrive on helping others achieve a level of unimaginable success, happiness, and inner peace. Welcome to the Anna Podcast and let's get started. What is going on?
1: Hello, how are you?
0: I'm doing well. How are you?
1: I'm good. We get to spend a lot of time together yesterday. so We did. We took a road trip to Galena to one of the Ashton Hill venues and worked with the team, did an all-day meeting. But we drove together, so we get to chat. And I actually thought as we were driving, it would have made a good podcast episode, just our conversation that we had.
0: I agree. We should turn the recording device on on our phone and just let it go, and then I'll fix it. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll fix it in post production. You'll Megan. edit out things yeah. that we yeah. shouldn't
1: have said. No, yeah. it was all good conversation. It was all just about what's going on in our lives and business and parenting and all the things um, that make real life real. And just to be totally upfront with you guys, we—I don't know how long have we been trying to get this on today? Thirty minutes
0: we've had a neon sign that's making noises somehow we've had a crop duster airplane that took a couple laps we had a fly got a fly swatter just in case it decides to make an appearance again so this is the reality of doing things in-house but you know what it is a ton of fun i am learning a ton and it can be gratifying when you actually get things up and running. And, and again, we'll continue to evolve this bad boy. We'll have the multi cameras and we'll have the crazy cool lights and all that stuff. But we've continued to receive some really great messages, Instagram, even on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook from people that are, typically listening, our our YouTube audience is continuing to evolve, but we have a lot of people that listen to our podcast. And and like I made mention, and I think the bonus episode, it's always really neat when you start something, you just, you never know who your audience is going to be. And I think our audience is coming to light. And that typically comes in the form of fellow wedding professionals and vendors and event industry entrepreneurs. So if you heard in that intro... You're gonna find out very quickly. This podcast is designed for you. Our YouTube channel is designed for you. So if you are getting into the industry, if you've been in the industry forever, and you're looking for a place to feel empowered, maybe get some of your questions answered, listen in on us and how our lives are going—good, bad, in between—you made you made the right choice. So thank you for being here.
1: Yeah, we're glad you're here. I'm a podcast listener too. Are you? Same. Are you, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I've, I've. Trimmed down a lot in regards to what I listen to. Uh, I'm a big fan of Dave Ramsey's Entrepreneur. I think it's Entre Leadership podcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he took that over, and I just love him or hate him. There are some people that are very anti Dave Ramsey, and they don't believe in his business philosophy. But I just I like his approach, um, just kind of a no BS approach on his opinions and beliefs and. I don't know. I, I that that's what I'm drawn yeah, to. Yeah. Well, you
1: find something that resonates with you and what you like to listen right. to. I'm a diehard Rachel Hollis fan. You know that about me. I love her sense of humor. Um, just always captivates me. Yeah. Um, and and her adv- business advice and her personal growth advice. So, um, you find what you like. Nikki, my sister, is trying to get me into listening to one, and I'll uh, for fun. I'll have to do it on a drive to Galena called Scamanda about a woman who faked having cancer
0: wow okay I heard, I heard that story yeah
1: isn't that nuts
0: she posted something to instagram and a lot of these cancer doctors were saying wait a second those tubes don't look right you wouldn't have put them there like they they spotted the um yeah the lies The discrepancies, very quickly. The the lies. discrepancies yes
1: so I, I think I'm going to listen to that one just for you some should. fun. I, yeah, I like, you got to throw a little bit of that fun. Like we do a lot of business talking and a lot of that, but you got to throw a little fun, trashy podcast, yeah, you know, you do. <laughs> kind of stuff you do. You in do. there just to keep it light and keep it fun. But, um, yeah, to our audience, thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you so much for watching us. Thank you so much for DMing us for calling on our hotline. We're going to spend time today just going through some of your questions um, because that's what we love to do. You know, we, we have both done everything in our journey from kind of teaching ourselves, learning from each other, asking questions. And so we think that's a way we can really help you guys. We get a ton of questions through our hotline, so please call. Uh, we also get, you know, some creepy messages every now and then.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure who's behind those we'll we'll get to the bottom of it.
1: I think I know, but uh <laughs> but and, we're here today to answer real questions.
0: And I will put for those that are watching right now, I will put the hotline number on the screen. So we put that out a while ago and just didn't know mm-hmm. who was going to use it. And um yeah, we get we get a few calls that uh from the majority of people we don't have any clue who I they are, who which they is are. awesome. And a lot of stuff on Instagram. So Mhm. We are going to focus this episode around answering those questions because we want to make sure if you are putting in a question or submitting a question that we provide you an answer. And I think you're going to find that we are better able to answer your question on this podcast and it is trying to type everything out. So- I agree.
1: I agree. And we'll cover, you know, kind of the shorter answers on some of these. We picked five Five of the best that we thought maybe would help the most people. Um, We'll give you answers. And if you want to dive deeper or have more, you know, want more information, you can certainly message us again. But I thought these were great. Uh, We went through a bunch of the responses that we got and uh, we're gonna pull five. And so. we'll typically
0: ask these individuals how did you how are you listening? Are you are you seeing us on YouTube and so many are Spotify and Apple Podcasts.
1: Yeah, they are. And that's where I am. Where where are you I'm a Spotify guy. I'm same.
0: I'm a Spotify same.
1: guy. We're both I like Spotify. their interface
0: better. I use Spotify for a ton of different things to compile like playlists for my everyday life. And the kids have their own playlists they listen to. Yeah. So I've had Apple Music before. I like it. I just, I don't know. I like the vibe of Spotify. I do too. Plus you can add video to Spotify too. You can? Yeah. I yeah.
1: didn't know that. I'm not, I'm sure I'm not technically using it in the way that you do. I just oh, search songs. Oh, I don't believe that and... for a
0: second, Megan. I don't believe Stop
1: that it. a second. Stop Stop. You know, I have problems with tech. Tech is not my friend.
0: Before we start, your flashlight on your phone is not on, right?
1: Okay, no. Nope. If it was, good. Siri will turn I just it off. I make sure for that's not draining your battery. I and I also just for the record, putting it out there, I went back to using regular mouse on my laptop. Everybody, mind your own business. I mean... On that one, that's all I'm gonna say. Don't. I'm not switching back. I'm not. It was. It's like so much better to have just an old plug-it-in mouse. Don't knock it till you try it. I,
0: I want to. Again,
1: uh, you tried it back in the '90s. <laughs> try it again.
0: I, I want to talk really quickly about something that Megan does that our entire team.
1: Oh, you're gonna still... reveal my deepest darkest is that, is that secret. Okay? It's totally is that okay? fine. That
0: we I... have such a hard time getting our mind wrapped around. It. And by the way, we're gonna try not to hit the table because I know it Ooh, drives people I... listening crazy. No, you weren't. You were. I'm just saying we're gonna we're gonna nice. make sure we try really hard because it can we get we get animated. We yeah, get passionate. Yeah, we start
1: like. F- slamming <clears throat> our fists around so oh. we'll try to be careful
0: so back to the topic at hand here um <laughs> megan drives with so okay let me, let me rephrase all of that when megan is driving she has her left foot and let me know if i'm incorrect on any of these things she has her <laughs> left foot on the brake near the brake and then she uses her right foot for the gas so instead of using her right foot for both the gas and the braking she has her left foot dedicated for the brake and her right foot dedicated for the gas how crazy is that 100
1: accurate there's no nothing false how did that start i honestly don't even know i remember in driver's ed my driver's ed teacher saying like you really shouldn't do that <laughs> and that was probably what was like watch me sir that's kind of how i am oh yeah oh, i shouldn't oh
0: I will do this for the rest of my life, even if I have back problems Mm. and hip problems because of this. I will show you.
1: And that was the revelation yesterday in staff meeting when we were talking about it and people were trying to understand it. And I'm trying to say, so, yeah, my left foot hovers over the brake the entire time that I'm driving. And my left side of my body, I'm actually going to be having back surgery, um, is affected. And I've never put two and two together on that till like, yesterday. I was like, Hmm. Oh. Because I drive a lot. I You guys, I've tried. I've tried. I'm like, I don't know how people move their right foot over. I would crash my car. I wouldn't be able to get to the brake. And if you have ridden with me, it is the smoothest ride of your life. <laughs> you just gently ease into that brake. And there's no like. Ooh, or, or.
0: I tried it it's for maybe thing. 10 seconds on the way back from Ashton Hill <laughs> after we got back from Galena. And I'm like, nope, there's no way I can do this. How it was so How odd. can you
1: not, though? It's it's easier. Well,
0: I've been, obviously, been dra- had our license it's for a like, long time, but it's just like you get so used to something where, yeah. you know, I don't know. I I would just, I would like to know the uh, like the data that surrounds, like may, maybe you're onto something. Maybe we're doing it complete, maybe like you're- I would say so. Breaking, maybe you're driving much safer than the average person because of that. Or maybe somebody would say, you need to talk to like a- like therapist? a professional <laughs> race car driver or somebody yeah, that how do drives they drive? professionally to be like, you know, what are your thoughts behind this?
1: Do race car drivers, I wonder how they actually I do I it. I don't know. I don't know. If they move their foot. We'll find. I'm going to do some research on that because I probably am ready for NASCAR.
0: I think so. I think so. Just, just, I mean, you it drive the Buick every day. So Fat. that's.
1: Oh, the transit. And I've been falling transit. in love. So I bought the white stallion from Riley and. This is such, I'm such a weirdo. Like, I have an, I have a nice car, not a crazy car. I have a nicer SUV. Yeah, it's a very nice car. And I would prefer to drive. My favorite, put me in an old beat-up pickup truck. That's what I, I mean, just a piece of crap. Um, I grew up driving a truck with a hole in the literal floor. You could see the road. And I love it and not that the transit's a piece of junk it's not by any means but it just reminds me of that no feel. for sure i get it it's, it's more like industrial a utility vehicle and i drove it a couple of times because i needed to haul something and now it's all i want to drive
0: you feel empowered i feel at home there's, a, there's something about driving with cargo in the back
1: too. yeah i just want to throw all my crap in there oh i got some garbage in there oh there's an animal i rescued off the side of the road
0: Throw it in the back. It,
1: throw it in the back. Need I have Groceries, room.
0: throw it in the back. Throw it in
1: there. I've got it all. And um, tinted windows. I, peop, I get looks. People think I look cool, I think. I don't love the four-cylinder. It's like, I feel like I'm going to hurt her. It you know, lacks
0: like... some acceleration, <laughs> so you have to really prepare <laughs> mentally and physically getting onto the interstate off of the on-ramp. I'm like,
1: let's go, sis. You got it. You yeah. got it. I talked to her. I'm like, it's okay. I'm not going to hurt you. She's like,
0: I have a big-ass engine in my truck, and that is so nice to have yeah. when you're getting on the interstate. Yeah, you just right? floor that The bad transit, boy. you floor <laughs> you're
1: like, is it going to explode or are we going to make it You yeah. know, up the hill or whatever? But She's
0: delicate. She's a delicate little she flower. She is. But uh, she means well, and she will get you where you need to go, and she looks pretty damn good doing it.
1: I know. I love it. So I've been driving that a lot, although it is my son's it's, – it's for the businesses, and then it's kind of become everybody's favorite vehicle. So that and – she likes being driven with two feet. I think That's I'm a better wild. driver. If there's anybody out there, I've never met anyone else that does that. So if there's anybody, <laughs> no, it's not crickets. There are people out there raising their hand, finally feeling seen, they drive with two feet. Will you please somehow let me know? Cause I've never met anyone else that does that. Never, I don't know anybody. Add it to the list of weird so weird that I do. Okay. So weird
0: so now you know
1: i didn't i didn't know this feels early in our podcast relationship for that to come out because that's one of my big my big things we let
0: it all hang out here Here at the NNLs podcast you know
1: everything about me yeah
0: yeah so (laughs) anyways
1: all right five questions these are i think really great and i hope they help a lot of individuals so the first one it was from michelle um she messaged us on instagram on july 16th thanks michelle And this is a great question. She said, in your experience, what are the most effective marketing strategies for reaching potential clients and expanding your business in the wedding industry? Um, I'll give a couple and I'm sure you have some as well. Most effective marketing strategies. Well, social media is really, I mean, until it's not, it's, it's the way you have to go. That's how everybody is going to see you. So, I mean, that might sound like everyone's like, yeah, I knew that. Megan, thanks. But it it really is um, where we attract most of our clients is through social media posts. Um, For a wedding venue side of things, people want to see actual weddings that are happening in our venues. That's what they like to see. Um, They um, also like meeting our team. So those are really attractive posts. I think if you have a venue, um, they want to learn about you and kind of who's behind the scenes. I would say the other thing for us would be the best marketing we can do is other vendors promoting us. So especially yeah. photographers and cinematographers. <clears throat> and I would like to think, gosh, it's got to be different for DJs perhaps, but yeah, I would like to think for any other wedding vendor, if you're a planner, if you're a hair and makeup artist, if you're a caterer, if you can get other vendors to promote you, you know, and just expand your network. Photographers really venues are kind of the first check box for a client. And then to me, photographers and cinematographers are next and they typically do their social media very well. And so again, partnering, um, working with other photographers, inviting them out, sharing your space or your craft, getting them to, to get pictures for you or post. So, um, other vendors and social media and showing what you do like for hair and makeup. I love a good before and after. If you're a caterer, you need to be showing pictures of your food, like show people what you actually do, what they'll get from you. Um, that's what I think they yeah. are are all about. How about, what do you, what did you find when you're you know in the DJ world?
0: I think before you even go out and begin a marketing campaign, you need to pump the brakes in Megan's case with your left foot, mm-hmm. and True. slow all the way down, and figure out what do you want. Okay, so that that might sound like an obvious question, like what what do I want? I want, more, I want more business. Well, dig deeper. Do you want more money? And do you? Okay, so so let me let me break this down even more. Do you want more clients? Do you want more money? Do you want more exposure? Do you want more people to see what you're doing? Because more clients could equal more work. More work is more volume. That's a completely different business model than I want to make more money and do the same or less.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so depending on the type like depending on the type of wedding professional you are, whether you're brand new or been in the industry for a long time, maybe your business can only sustain with a monumental amount of volume. Maybe your business has a lot of overhead, a lot of operating costs and expenses, whereas a DJ or a photographer or a cinematographer, a lot of their overhead, well, photographer, cinematographer, a lot of their overhead is not only, of course, their equipment and how often they upgrade their equipment, but it's their time.
1: Absolutely. And
0: so I think a lot of photographers and cinematographers out there, they're looking at how can I charge more, provide a really refined level of service but do less weddings. Almost every wedding photographer and cinematographer that I've talked to that have been in the industry for more than two, three, four years, they want to take less weddings and charge more money. Now, again, if you are providing a stellar, untouchable product, then do that. But if you are just starting out, because that question is is so specific to um uh that, that, that question could mean many different things to many different people depending on the stage of the game that they're in. So if you're just starting out, the way that you would market, in my opinion, is network, 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 give away, give away, yes. give away. And I know that's not a popular opinion. You shouldn't give away things. You need to have other people recognize and know your worth. Well, guess what? Nobody knows your worth. You don't even know your worth yet. No. We just had that conversation on the way back from Galena, by the way. Yes, we did. I see so many new wedding vendors, I mean, call them professionals that they're doing this full time. Uh, well, I know what I'm worth, and I know this, and I know... No, you don't. It takes a long time to know your worth. The
1: market will tell you what you're worth. I mean, and um, that might sound harsh, but giving away your services and your product. When I started my dessert company 12 years ago, that was the only marketing I did was giving the product away. Yep. And we all have products in this industry that you can give away. You can give away food, you can give away hair and makeup services, photography, your venue, you can give it away. Now you need to have some strategy behind that and you need to give it away to the right people and the right timing and, and,
0: all and that, that's but. exactly where I was going with it. Now, look, just because you're giving stuff away doesn't mean you're going to be giving stuff away forever. And it does not mean you are diluting your brand. Okay. A lot of people have that fear too. Well, if I give this away, it's going to feel like I'm just out there doing stuff for free. And that's not how other people do it. The The quickest way I grew my DJ business was through giving to get right it was it was going to these networking events or these nonprofits and i was able to utilize my services my skill set my passion my talent to help benefit other people around me and when they are the right people when you are benefiting the right people in the right situation they remember that mm-hmm. and that that's karma that comes right back around And as they get into conversations with other engaged couples or people that they know and they're looking for something you do, you will be top of mind. So I would say market in a way where you can always be top of mind. If you think that your social media is going to carry you all the way on the other side, I have some arguments toward that. It
1: won't. It absolutely won't. I mean, you need to have a presence on social media, but there's other, you know, that isn't going to do everything for you for sure. I think if you have a presence that people can, who want to just kind of look at you and check you out and kind of understand who you are and tell your story, that's what you can use social media for. But giving it away, and again, with a strategy behind, like, what's the benefit for me long-term? Could this be a long-term relationship? Are they going to advertise for me? And I think it's okay if you're giving away to ask, to have an ask on the back end of that. You know, so if you're giving it away for a styled shoot or giving it away for a charitable event, ask to, you know, be recognized on their social media platforms or your name mentioned or things like that. So have some strategy behind it. Um, it's also say, okay, to say no, to give away, you know, things, but I agree. I think that's a fantastic marketing strategy.
0: Uh, a quick plug for a class that I'm coming out with. And again, all of our classes will be very affordable and um will be very accessible to those that are just starting because that's that's who i want to talk with and 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 now again even individuals that have been in the industry for a long time i think you would benefit from a lot of the things that we're going to be putting out but i am uh, pretty much done with the class that is your network equals your net worth right and so so many people miss that point people are networking and they're meeting all these people but you wouldn't know what to do with those connections even if you had them so you have to go in with the purpose. You have to go in and really figure out what do I want out of this? And that starts with your purpose. That starts with that passion that you have, your skill set. What value do you bring to the table that these individuals don't quite know about yet?
1: I love that. And how
0: are you doing those things to connect the dots to be top of mind? So best way to market in 2023 and beyond is to market yourself in a way where you can always be top of mind for all the right reasons. Social media, networking, Give stuff away. Unpopular opinion, I don't care. Give no, it away and I agree watch what you. happens.
1: I've, I've, we've done it. We've done it. It works. It, it really does work. So we're, we're practicing what we preach, right? All right. The next question came from Carly on July 19th. She called in on the hotline, Thank which you. is super cool. Thanks, Thank Carly. you, Carly. And it was not a creepy call. I'm so excited to get those For that are once. legit, um, which is kind of fun. <laughs> I love this one so much. It's funny when we get questions that resonate with, you know, current situation, with current events, right? How do you handle challenging clients or situations that arise during the planning process or on a wedding day? Oh my gosh, you guys, our industry, we just had a whole meeting on this yesterday because we try so hard as a venue and more on the planning side of things to pre-anticipate and pre-diffuse these kind of situations and during the planning process um it's easier on the day of I don't know about anybody else but and not always not every client but emotions are just high you're you're incorporating anxiety emotions um family dynamics there's so many things that go into that day so it's very very common for there to be emotional reactions or issues on the day okay so how do you handle it the to me the most important thing and I don't care what industry you're in if you're new if you're um, been around a while do you get common questions or do you have common issues all the time then you're doing something wrong you're not communicating something correctly it's not every client's like if you have the same problems with like your payment strategy is confusing or your booking strategy or you know the way you show up something the day of with the food is always not you know you're always running out of certain things then that's a you problem as a vendor that you need to work on and figure out so analyze that you know what questions are you getting asked and then you need to front load your clients and overload them with education and information Um, and you need to do it in multiple forms and you can't do it just once. Okay. So for example, with our bar, um, our bar is very simple, but it can become complex and then there's usually family involved. So I'll just give you that as a quick example. So I think front-loading your clients with education in multiple forms and multiple times. So we have decided with our bar, not only do we talk about it during a tour, we then have a printed kind of Roadmap of how it's going to work. Um, it's a, a little bit of a complicated thought process, so we call it making your menu and your map. So we like give it a visual connotation, and then we multiple times discuss it. It's not just a one and done. And then just yesterday, we actually made a decision after a, a bit of a confusing situation we ran into. We are actually going to request that our clients send some information on to family members um, closer to the wedding, because I think that's sometimes where we have been seeing, you know, mom and dad will come in on the wedding day and they're like, I don't understand this. And we've seen it enough. Like that's a, that's an us problem, mm-hmm. right? We know our client may not be remembering to communicate. So we've created a document, a couple of different documents, once a checklist, and then one is just a written version. And we may do a video as well. That's going to go out to the client. Again, it's the same information they've heard three or four times, but That's how often they need to hear things, especially if they're more complicated. So I would say it's your job to educate, educate, educate as much as you can. Then the wedding day, something bad happens. Our philosophy, you have one shot with your client. Um, We are kind of an under-promise, over-deliver, and we basically do whatever needs to be done to make that client happy. I always say unless it's a safety or financial issue, we kind of adopt the attitude of of the client is always right. We end up doing things that probably aren't in our scope of work. I'm going to be really honest. And I personally think that's how people in the service industry need to need to approach it. And if you're frustrated by that, if you find that you're doing that a lot, then you need to go back and go, okay, where am I missing this in the planning and education side? It's not something we want to have to do all the time, but we do. So if you have a conflict that day, it's, it's you know... Logic over emotion. It's not matching negative energy. It's positive energy. It's the client's always right. It's I have one shot. I'm going to try to diffuse things. I'm going to be helpful. I'm probably going to do extra things. And then I'm going to go back to the drawing board after this event and see what I could have done differently. I guess that's my best advice. So it's pretty broad advice, but
0: money. I think that's fantastic (laughs) advice.
1: Was that true? Yeah.
0: I can just, I can hear them right now. People, for you
1: people are cheering right now i
0: think you know when you are a venue owner like megan you want to talk about learning the ins and outs of conflict and human patterns and behavior and how they handle emotion the venue gets it all yeah. you think a dj photographer cinematographer officiant caterer decor company design company you think they get difficult clients of course they do But it's on another level with the venue client because you think about the venue is the first thing they book, it's where everything is happening, obviously, and that is where everybody starts to come in. And, uh, you know, future mother in law might know 5% of what's about to happen. And now they've got, again, questions on the bar, questions on when they have to be out. So back to problem solving and getting ahead of anything that you can possibly control. That is what you need to be getting ahead of. And I've learned that throughout my years of being in this industry where to you, to your point, if it's a chronic issue, it's a it's a you problem. You're you're not gonna avoid every single acute issue that happens in the moment. They should be things that you're learning from and make sure like, hmm, why did that happen? Oh, okay. Well, I probably need to send out a reminder email or I need to start texting my clients more, or I, I need to set more boundaries where. Maybe there's automated this or there's automated that or they're initialing next to the contract each each line or, you know, we're, we're being proactive and asking them if there's questions. Hey, have you relayed this information to your parents or those that are involved? Like you have to do your due diligence at the right times to make sure that when you enter into the day of that you know all of your I's are dotted and your T's have been crossed and you're not leaving anything up to interpretation again, at least in regards to what you can control. I'm a big fan of within that initial relationship that you're building with your clients, that you are the tour guide. You're not the individual selling them at the gift shop. As you know, when you're on a tour, that tour guide is, is you know, they're very... um. Interactive and they're they're sharing things with you that most likely you didn't know, right? And so you you you're, you're all in, you're captivated, like you're just this sponge, and you're enjoying the time. That should be the vibe of your initial consultation. That initial consultation should very much be a conversation, and figuratively speaking, kind of a tour of what it's going to be like working with you. Okay, you don't want it to be sell, 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 sell and it's like to, you know person at the gift shop and buy this and buy that. They don't even know what they're buying yet. Okay. So they could buy every single thing that you have or your ultimate package, or, you know, your all day photography contract, that's $15,000. And you're like, ha, boom, let's go. And now that client has 75 questions at one o'clock in the morning, because you were too focused on selling, selling, mm-hmm. selling, and not taking care of the educational side of things. That's a whole podcast in itself right there. So typically, difficult clients tend to be a you problem.
1: Yeah, they do. They do. And even when To a certain extent. Yeah, to even, a certain I extent. Agree. I need to
0: preface it with that.
1: And even if they're not, though, you have some ownership in looking at, we just had a situation like this, and we still said, what could we have done differently? Is there anything we could have done differently differently? Um, to make this a better experience for a client that was maybe a little, you know, not our our typical client. We think we do such a good job of explaining everything we do and that to, to your point, you can sell the $15,000 package. They have no idea how to use it. You have got to guide them so that they know what they're getting and what they're not getting and what you're not doing and and who needs to take care of things. You guys clients don't know this industry like we do. We have to continually remind ourselves that It's our job to make sure that they're really clear and they have a lot of information being thrown at them and we need to go over things again and again um, so that it is a good experience. But yeah, even when the client, if you're like, it was definitely the client. Okay, but that's not the last time you're going to have that client. So is there something you can do to kind of help mitigate that before it happens?
0: Agreed. Perfect example. Before we started this podcast, I had a Zoom call with a potential client who was looking to book me as their DJ next year and it was through a mutual friend in regards to how they found me again networking is everything connections are everything Mm -hmm. strategic partners are everything that consultation or quote you know quote consultation I treat them as a conversation lasted maybe 35 minutes now as a DJ right I'm sure those that are listening you think DJ you think music right I would say 30, 45-minute consultation, whatever it was, we spent maybe five minutes talking about music. Everything that I spoke about and I led the consultation, and clients love that because man, you're the tour guide. They don't, they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Stop asking clients a million questions that they don't know the answer to. They might be giving you an answer, Preach. but they don't even know what to do with the questions that they're giving like that you're giving them like they and so so many vendors treat their answers as gospel like okay we're going to do th-. educate them educate them and so during that conversation i was telling them this might sound a little odd but i like to utilize these conversations to make sure that we are a good fit here's the type of clients that i don't do very well with these are the type of clients that that um <clears throat> They try to do this. They try to do that. They do this. They do that. Here's why that doesn't necessarily work for me. Now, again, I don't say that in a rigid way, where I just sound, you know, like a jerk. That that's not it. Not at all it. But when I tell them, we we're, we're on the same team. Mm-hmm. I want the same thing that you do when it comes to the success of your day, your wedding, your ceremony, your reception. All of the. I want that same thing. Here's how we get there when working with me. Okay. Conversation ended. 10, 15 minutes later, ding, they booked me. They're ready for a contract. Now, again, that's not me showing off and being egotistical. But what I'm saying is a lot of the things that you're going to be seeing on our website, a lot of these classes, because we're not going to give all this stuff away for free. Sorry, we're giving a lot of stuff away, a lot of value at no cost. This is is free. free. Podcasts (laughs) will always be free. But a lot of these things where we start to dive four, five, six layers deep, where I think it would be so helpful for somebody that is just getting into this industry or they feel like they've reached this plateau of like, what is next? I'm feeling stale. I'm not connecting with clients like I used to. I want to raise my price. I know I'm worth it. I've done the networking, Riley. I've done the marketing. I've got great strategic partners. I just can't put the pieces together. That is what our website will absolutely be helping with. And so when you really start to break down your client relationships and you build them up from a very genuine place and you explain to them why you do what you do, the amount of uh, difficult clients you experience drastically diminishes. It does.
1: It does. I want to do a whole podcast. Let's write this down so we don't forget. And stop asking your clients questions. Yeah.
0: So we're at 35 minutes. I'll go back and, and mark that.
1: Okay. Because I think that is such, that's something we work on all the time. You know, we're asking too many questions when we are, we have the knowledge. Again, we are, we have a, a protocol that's very flexible and catered to what the client wants but you guys we're the professionals you're the professional you know your industry you know the craft that's not ego that's like being thoughtful being clear being um you know educating your client into what works best and clients again they don't know what they don't know and they like you said you're asking these questions and they are like i don't even aren't you the one who should know the answer so i think that will mitigate a lot of issues when you kind of take charge a little bit more. And there's an art to that. There's an art to doing that without being too rigid. Yep. There's an art to doing that and being flexible. You could go the other way. We know industry professionals who go the other direction. You don't want to do that either. So,
0: all things that we can train and coach you on we'll precisely. You. We can help you in more depth than you may even realize or understand at this point. So before we get into question number three, we're going to hear from our good friends over at Deja Vu Rentals. We love Deja Vu. These guys are doing some really cool things. We are involved with these guys um, just because we love the business model so much. So learn a little bit more about Deja Vu Rentals. And I think this would maybe be an asset to uh, to something you guys have going on, even as even as wedding professionals. What is going on guys Riley here with the Ann and Ellis podcast taking a second to talk about our good friends over at Deja Vu Rentals at Deja Vu premium GoPro rentals. They keep the rental process simple so you can focus time and energy on the things that matter most, which of course are creating those memories. Video recording technology continues to evolve at an exponential rate and can be just plain overwhelming deja vu rentals help you avoid purchasing a gopro and all the accessories that may end up getting used once maybe twice let's be honest we've all bought a camera that we just had to have thinking we're going to use it all the time just to have it end up collecting way more dust than memories their gopro packages are cost effective and streamlined to give you what you need nothing more Nothing less. If you need only one GoPro, no problem. Two GoPros and a couple accessories, done. You want four GoPros plus all the accessories, they got you. And the best part, ladies and gentlemen, is that you get to keep the SD cards. You heard that right. You get to keep the SD cards that come with your rental. So you can have it professionally edited, you can do it yourself, and you can just keep all the raw footage to make sure you didn't miss anything. Deja Vu Rentals are the perfect addition to your wedding, family vacation, or even your corporate outing. Check them out at DejaVuRentals.com. Again, that is DejaVuRentals.com. Be sure to live, watch, repeat. Now back to the podcast. All right, so question number three.
1: All right. This came in from Sean, um, also on July 19th on the hotline. So that July 19th was a busy day on the hotline. This question was, as a wedding vendor, how do you build and maintain strong relationships with other vendors in the industry? We talked about this on our eight-week crash course that we did back in May and June. I think it's pretty simple. Um, I would say the the ways that we do that, first of all, is uh, we promote each other. You know, we um like people's posts we share services we comment we give them the same things that we would like back on social media platforms for sure um the other thing that we do is you know when we're at an event my team is really big on this we're introducing ourselves and talking to each other and how can we help each other out we definitely look at it as a team environment Uh, i'm sure you've all been to weddings where the photographer and the you know the caterer they weren't even speaking or didn't introduce themselves to you or you know don't be that vendor be that vendor even if it isn't you know well received always just be be collaborative and introduce yourself and and get to know people I mean we truly have friendships with the vendors that we we like and then I would say the last thing that we have done um with respect and kindness is the example I'm thinking of is with a caterer we've helped other vendors when we see maybe like a sticking point in their services or their pricing or something. And we hear clients saying like, this is confusing. We had a caterer that their price, their phenomenal caterer, but their pricing structure was so confusing to yeah, our clients. All over the place. And we were just like, can we chat with you for a minute and just help you, you know, kind of book more clients because they really like you and but they, they just don't understand the pricing. And they're like, of course. Oh my gosh. Like they just didn't see the other side of yeah. their service. And so we said, you know, could you do this or do, what does this include? Like, this is confusing. So I think that's a way you can create some relationships. I don't mean go out and analyze everybody's stuff and nitpick it, but if you clearly hear a conversation from your clients about another vendor and you think you could respectfully help that vendor offer that advice. I think I I've taken advice from people as well. I just had a photographer um, message me saying, Hey, if your bridal suite could have, um, I can't remember. Oh, they hydraulic stools, Mm. you know, um, for hair and makeup, that would be so much easier. I'm like, Oh, of course that's a simple, I didn't think about that. Right. And so we made that change. I mean, thank you for that advice. I love that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. to, To me again, you you've heard me say Strategic partnerships a thousand times throughout the course of our podcast, but that's what it's all about: strategic partnerships and having a a group of advocates um, on your like, out there, kind of scouting things on your behalf, and they have the best they have your best interest in mind. And that's how you're going to grow your business. That's how you are going to solidify these relationships with other wedding professionals that want the same thing you do. You know, you you want to really hang with. These individuals that have the same level of purpose, same level of passion, skill set in their respective industry, and make it a point to create like a mastermind group. Make it a point to get coffee once a month or once a quarter. Everybody uses these excuses, oh, we're just so busy, oh, it's wedding season. You lose a lot of momentum. If you're going three, four, five months of not seeing each other, getting together, treat that like a job. And if you are looking at somebody online that does something you do, or maybe it's something completely different. Maybe like as a wedding photographer, you're seeing this catering company that's got just really good branding. They're taking really good group photos. They're putting out some great content. They're doing video. Things that might be a little bit different, as I've said before, reach out to them. Have that outside-the-box, looking-in approach where it's like, hey, you don't know me, I don't know you, uh, we do business like 30 miles apart. I just, I love everything you're doing. If there's ever a point in time you want to get lunch, it's on me, my treat. I just want to learn more about your business, how I can support your business. I think there could be some alignment there on how we can get things done collectively and let's see where it goes. They may never get back to you. Chances are 90% of the time they're going to get back to you and be like, well, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. That made my day. That message really made my day. Thank you. Yeah. I would love to, uh, I would love to get together. In fact, let's, we could probably do like a, just like a tasting or something. I would love for you to like try my stuff. Be very intentional with what you're asking for, right? Don't be vague. So a lot of times you just need to get out of your own way. Grace T Photography said the same thing when we had Mm -hmm. her on our podcast. Go back and listen to uh, that podcast. She was dropping all sorts of knowledge, but get out of your own way. Get out of your comfort zone and grow together. That is going to be the key to sustaining your businesses. You have to have people in your corner. You have to, you cannot do this alone. You cannot build up walls. You you may think you can for a short period of time because you can get away with it living on an isolated, you know, deserted Island for a while, but you're really going to expire quickly.
1: I agree. And let's be honest it's so much more fun to work a wedding or be in this industry with friends like Michael Groben shout out if you're listening I know you do you know great photographer in our area saw him on Saturday came up and gave me a hug like we're we're friends we're friends with all of these people he brings
0: a great natural oh gosh, energy so fun and to your point it is it's just more enjoyable why why would you not want to actively pursue relationships that make the day of the wedding more enjoyable for you as a wedding professional why why would you why would you not want to make that a priority
1: i agree i I don't understand and and when i need something like small business wise i you know i need photos i need food for an event i'm shopping those vendors i'm using and i'm paying full price i don't ask for discounts um unless they want to trade but like that's another way you're you're just you're making these people your people. Yes. You're 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 buying their services, you're interacting, you're having fun together. I mean, that way at an event if there is something going wrong or, you know, or you're having fun like it's a really fun environment then Agreed. to be in. So totally why agree. would you not just want to have a good time? I mean, come on. That's what everybody wants, right? That's the bottom line. Um and support each other. So those are all great ways to create some great relationships. Okay, the next question came in from Leanne. This was on July 22nd through Instagram. So thank you, Leanne. It's Leanne. Um, She said, how can we stand out from the competition and offer unique services that appeal to couples looking for something special? I love this. So I think our industry, good or bad, does change with trends, Right. Um, we've got to keep up with the trends and the things that are going on. So I think um, having your finger on the pulse of what people are needing is really smart. I don't think we are an industry that can say, well, you can be an OG, right? But you've got to be up with the times. That sounds so nerdy. It's
0: okay. I'll up let it go. I don't... I'll
1: let it go. You guys. I'll let it go. <laughs> are you up with... I'll let it go. I'm not. I almost was going to say I'm not hip, which also makes – I'm not. That's another one. Okay. So you know what I'm saying. So how can you offer some unique things? I think you've got to research and figure out what do people want. Can you get ahead and, and offer something new? There's just new things coming out all the time. I think you can also enhance your services by – you know, maybe it isn't the new latest trendy thing because you have to be careful of those, but maybe it's just something special or intimate that you can offer. You know, maybe you offer, um, if you're a caterer, maybe you offer like lunch that day for the, you know, for the uh, wedding party. We'll bring a box lunch for everybody as well as your dinner. Or, I mean, just what within what you do, what is like something special? What is that like above and beyond thing that you could do, right? I agree. Um, I think that's always fun. And then the truth is, as a venue owner, I'm going through this right now, you have to reinvent at times. So if you think you can just do the same old, same old, mm, not true, not even true for a building. Like I have a a big space. What are you talking about? Reinventing a building. To some degree, you have to be willing to do that. and And you have to look at that frequently. I don't think you don't want to reinvent when you've, you know after a year or two of of business drying up right you don't want to go oh dang it like then you're behind you need to look at every year and right now guys we were just joking about this like right now mid-wedding season probably not the best time to like try to work on this stuff save this for off season but really analyze what worked what didn't what like where do you need to go next year and be kind of reinventing and polishing and all the time. That's just our industry, right?
0: Yeah, <clears throat> agreed. I, I would say that there, there's a poker saying that I've heard many times that I love that says, those that chase straights and flushes come in on planes and leave on buses. Meaning if you're always taking these, like you're putting all of your chips, uh, betting on on you're going to get a straight or a flush and you don't, you lose everything. I think those that are out there always just chasing trends and they're not educating themselves mm-hmm. on why your market may not support it, you're going to be in big trouble. And I would say really focus on the business that you're in and refine the living heck out of it. Mm-hmm. I'm watching how much I cuss because YouTube and it hurts the algorithm. Are they going to so.
1: cut us out? I have got
0: to be careful you, these days. We
1: are, we are so tame on this I compar- know, well, we me, are. especially, we compared are. to how I normally
0: When we start our Patreon, we can turn it up a notch. Yeah. But that that whole philosophy is like be careful what you're chasing. Yes. Be careful what you're betting on. I have seen so many DJs that go from a really great mobile DJ company who takes on just the right amount of volume, they can really curate a great experience and all of a sudden they go to a DJ conference and four people who are essentially bought and paid for by the industry to say if you don't have this you need to. And today only 15% off conference special. And you're like, well, I want to be cool and I want to be relevant. And if I don't have this, and th- these guys are saying it's the trend. So I have to have it a year or two later. People are like, yeah, I'm good. Like 17 weddings that I went to had that. I want to be different. Yeah. <laughs> so hard. full disclosure, I told the couple today that I spoke with in that DJ consultation, I'm a guy that's always been trying to refine what I do. Uh, I'm not going to be a production company. I'm not going to be a guy with all the things. Um, it, and that's okay. if you if you are somebody who has to have X, y, and Z thing, there's going to be a company for you. But understand, you're not losing business. You're not losing business at that point. you're You're just identifying who you are and who you are not. And so often, because of social media, everybody wants to be everything. And when you're trying to be everything to everybody, that's what's going to dilute your brand. There's nothing wrong with slowing down to say, what are my goals as a business? Is it to make more? Same thing we said on question one, because mm-hmm. it's it, it's very consistent with question one. What do you want out of your business? More time, more money, more clients, more staff? Do you want to scale? Do you want four locations instead of three? Do you, What do you want? Because that's going to be the dictative factor for how you do anything in your business and so many people like pause this podcast if you're walking, walking the dog, you're driving like have you ever just stopped and said like here's what here's my goal, here's what I want. I want to make more money, take on less weddings, but I want to be the best of the best of the best. That to me is the name of the game right now because so many things getting lost in the world that we live in that's moving a billion miles an hour online at least. People aren't practicing the basic fundamentals. Mm, you agree. listen to any of these mentors that are running very successful businesses. Like now is the time to come in and create a monumental amount of distance between you and your, quote, competition. Because your competition, they're busy. Just because you're busy doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're successful. I
1: agree, I agree to We're that. Fine
0: and figure out what the heck you want out of your business.
1: Yeah. And it's constant. It's constant work to do that. That doesn't fall into your lap. We talk about also, what do you want your life to feel like?
0: Uh, That's an even better question. Like, what do you want your life to be?
1: And that is hard, you guys. That is, We struggle with it too, right? We want things and we want our business to go certain places, but we prioritize our families and our peace. Trying to do both as an entrepreneur is hard. We're not going to lie and say, oh, we have it figured out, but we're working on it all the time. And you've got to figure out again, with, like you said, the why of your business, how do you get everything to come full circle? You know, because just being busier. Is an, not going to get you probably what you really for want. For sure. So, for sure. We could talk about that all day. Let's make that another podcast episode for sure. So, the last question came on July 25th, which was this morning on the hotline from Karis. I love that name, Karis. Thank Karis. you. Um, as a mentor, oh man, this is a good one. Ready?
0: I, I don't know. We'll see.
1: <laughs> as a mentor, what mistakes have you made in the past? And what did you learn from them that you can pass on to us? None. Zero. Karis, thanks for asking. And that's the end. Okay. That's a
0: great question. That oh, is a fantastic man. question. Okay.
1: I've got a few. Yeah, I've got sure. a couple too. Okay. I've made a lot of hiring mistakes. Um, is it Gary V that says hire slow, fire fast? Yep. I've done exactly the opposite, Karis. Um, I've hired fast fired slow and that has been very hard um so I have flipped that I definitely hire slow still working on firing fast I tend to be a person who wants to give people a lot of grace and a lot of chances um but your gut tells you when it's not right so that is one mistake I have made um Other mistakes I have made, um, I'll give two more because how much time do we have? Uh, I'll give two more. One is giving away, delegating too soon and in kind of that same breath is maybe giving away my economic engine to somebody who wasn't ready. So we talk about that a lot. When you look at your business and what's really driving bookings, your income, if you're growing your business and you need help, you have to be really sure that you don't give away your economic engine. For me, it's tours, right? That's my chance to get someone to book the venue. And they're really exhausting. I love them, but in the same breath, they're exhausting. For sure. And I've given away my economic engine too soon. And uh, that's a problem. You know, you have to be able to to really – there's some things in your business that you may have to be the one to do it um, until you can really find the right person. And the last thing I would say that I have not done well, uh, out of the million would be, um, gosh, I just lost it because there's so many pause, pause on me. Okay. Well, (laughs) I lost it.
0: Um, I've thought about this a lot over the last few months as I've been training, um, a DJ. Who, who's been all in, by the way. He's been great. Shout out to David. Mm. Yes. Going back probably two, maybe three years ago, my biggest fault as a mentor was trying to be a mentor when somebody didn't want a mentor.
1: Oh, yeah. You've said that before.
0: You know, I'm a three on the Enneagram. And there's a lot of things that threes do that... Um, Some people look at and they misconstrue a little bit about like what where we're where we're coming from. Three is always we come from a good place, but we also we 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 come in hot, and that can be a good thing or a really bad thing. And I've lost friends and business associates because I I would see greatness in them, or I would see just this incredible potential that they didn't see in themselves, that I would come in and say, you know, if you did this and did this, and what about this? And hey, we should get you here and let's do this. And hey, you ready for this? I can get you in here. And they were like, dude, no, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not anywhere close to ready for that. Or, you know, I didn't ask for that advice. And I would take that very personal. I'm like, how dare you? Like, I'm trying to elevate your career. I'm trying to Get you in a position where you can provide for your family and live this life that you always talk about, and you know you're not ready for this. Like, what are you talking about? But a big fault of ours. This comes from Mad Men, which was a series. It's on Netflix now. It's incredible. One of the biggest faults we have as humans is that we try to make other people uh, to be somebody who we want them to be. I probably butchered that, but you get the gist of that. We we try to shape and condition others around us to be who we want them to be and that will never be the case now when somebody is actively seeking mentorship or coaching i've coached a lot of djs privately i've done group coaching for other wedding professionals and we're doing more and more of that you have to be really careful on how you begin that whole mentoring and coaching session jordan montgomery i listened to him on the jim rome podcast dude crushed it i sent him a text i'm like, there's. I've never seen anybody crush on a podcast like the way Jordan Montgomery did. And I'll put that in the show notes. You need to go and listen to that because he talks about there's a big difference between being coachable and teachable, mm. a big difference. And he dives deep into, into, into how that is. And you need to let him, you don't want me explaining it, but a lot of it just has to do with how not only eager are you to, um, get outside of that comfort zone and face some of your weaknesses, uh, head on. But how receptive are you going to be to feedback?
1: Yeah, that's huge.
0: And that's been a big issue for me is that a lot of people, when you start giving them constructive feedback, when you when you start giving people feedback that don't ask for it, it never ends well. No. Lesson learned yeah. right here. So for those that don't talk to me anymore, sorry about that. Let's get lunch. <laughs> um, but I just, Megan, like I just can't help saying something when I see greatness in somebody and it's like, if you knew what was on the other side of your insecurity or your fear of speaking in public or, you know, not going to this or not doing like if you were just to see what is on the other side of that, please. Can I show you? Can I can take my hand, please? No, take my (laughs) hand. I said, come here. (laughs) Like, Let me go. Get over here. You're coming with me. And now I'm kidnapping the person. Um,
1: how many people have you kidding? Is that why you have the transit?
0: It fits a lot of people. Tinted yeah, windows? that's neither here. We're gonna, we're gonna edit this out. We gotta edit this out. Um, <laughs> but 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 truly, like you have to be so careful. So as a mentor, yeah. I operate best when somebody's like, I am all in. Let's freaking go. I love that. All right. Say no more, baby. Let's go. That. Buckle up. You're gonna need two seat belts if you wanna rock with me, maybe three in a parachute. Woo! So anyways.
1: There you go. It's the truth. I think we want people to be who we want them to be. And threes and ones on the Enneagram cannot help but critique, offer advice, and it comes totally from a place of love, but it can feel very harsh to people who are not ready to receive it. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that that is tricky. I remembered the last thing that I was going to say um, as far as a mentor is not providing enough feedback on both ends, right? Yeah. So yeah. I internalize a lot of like, oh, you did a great job, but I may not actually say it um, or not providing constructive feedback when I need to. And I continually am working on that. So I've, I've told my team and I really want them to believe this. You will know at all times how I'm feeling about you and your performance. Like there it, there will be no question. Um, I had one of my team the other day. I'm sure she wouldn't care if I said it. Sadie was like, are you mad at me? And I'm like, A very like minor (laughs) little tiny mistake. I'm like, no, absolutely not. And I'm like, if I was ever upset, you would know. And so, I I think you need to, as a mentor, make sure, or a a boss, or a coach, or whatever, provide like positive feedback and constructive criticism, and they they need to balance each other. So if you are a person that wants to provide a lot of critique, you've got to praise and love as hard as you critique on both sides. And I need to constantly work on that. So I think that's that's really good advice. Yeah,
0: yeah. Ask your team how they um, like to be shown appreciation.
1: Yeah, love languages. Yeah, love figure languages. that stuff out, dive yeah. a little
0: bit deeper. You know, business is easy until people get involved. And oh, yeah, I, I'm not the one that came up with that, but that but that's, that's so true, right? It's like, if you have a brilliant billion dollar business idea, and you need eighty people to make it happen, there's a reason why things take a while. Because now you're dealing with personalities and conflict, and these four people like hang out every day and these guys don't. We are so freaking blessed with our small but mighty team. And again, emphasis on small but mighty. We you work know, really hard at it. We've 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 switched things up several times. <laughs> In our life and our business, that was a record scratch. It wasn't like a record spinning, but you know, you <laughs> I get the I can't hear
1: the sounds, um, you guys. Yeah. So we gotta
0: get, we got get, Megan's gotta get, get, gotta get some in ear People are asking, uh, why do I have headphones and not me? But because I have to monitor the levels right here. He I'm doing, nerd? I'm doing like everything right here. Um, <laughs> Gotta make sure we're not too loud, you too quiet, all these things. And yeah. Um, But my whole point to that was like, we switched things up. You know, we thought like market share and more venue, like, no, 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 no let's really refine our team. Let's make sure we've got a great culture. And maybe that means we're not making as much. And that, that's all ego. That is all ego. You have a team that really loves each other. How many great team builders have we done? That Once. like we, like our spouses get along. And that's not luck. That is not mm-hmm. luck. That is all about the interviewing process. How they're gonna to acclimate to the culture, the environment, to conflict, to my personality, my crazy ass personality, Megan's personality. She drives with left foot, right, like how do they respond to that? Uh, you know, everything. We just we open ourselves up as leaders to say, here's our faults, here's what we would like to think our strengths are, here's how we're gonna handle conflict if it shows up, which it will, here's why our team, our fellow team members are important, here's our goals. We get very granular on where we're going as a company, and when you show somebody who is about to work for your business or organization how you roll—again, good, bad, in between—then you're going to know if they're the right fit. Too, too often, businesses are like, "And this is what we do," and da 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 da, everything's rainbow and butterflies, yeah, and I'll look at unicorn. It's like, no, that's not—that's not how it's going to be. No, you it's pull back the
1: curtain, be. and it's not. And we have tough conversations, but our team can receive it. Because sure. they understand when we need to have a tough conversation because we show a lot of love and care and support. We ha- we our whole team has each other's back, too. It's just incredible. We are again, I wouldn't say we're lucky because we've worked at it and we've cultivated. It and We've been very intentional yeah. about making intentional about making sure it happens, but we're blessed yeah. though too, because it, you know, there's places that don't have that. So, For sure. um, I, I love that. that's the end, you guys. Yeah. We're going to do
0: more of these podcasts with questions that are coming in. So again, if you look right now on this side of the screen, you'll see our number, um, call, call into that hotline. Again, you don't want to put your name in you on to put your name, certainly don't put your last name. We want, we want to be anonymous and ask some questions like go deep. I, I, I love the format of going through the questions that we received on Instagram and of course, the hotline. So thank you for those that are, again, I can't tell you how cool it is to just put something out and people are listening and they're responding and they're interacting. Um, it's really neat. So thank you all. And if you have yet to subscribe on YouTube or like us on, or follow us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. And just if you listen to the podcast and you see clips or you see a new episode posted, reach out and say what's up and let's become friends let's become allies and advocates how can we support you so just thank you thank Thank you you thank you so
1: much uh we're gonna go out for a driving lesson real quick so we gotta wrap up gotta head out
0: right foot left foot right (laughs) foot all right we'll see you guys next week thank you so much